Hi, Tom. Hello, Heron. So, it's been a few weeks since we last spoke. Yes, indeed. Quite a bit has gone on at my end. <laughs> yes, I, I realize. <laughs> yeah. So, why don't you start us off with... Uh, Oh, Anything I just you have to talk well, about. well, I just was reading um, just now about this Pegasus thing for iOS. Have you heard about that? I must have missed that. Oh, anyway, anyway, it, it's under that new uh, iOS update that came out yesterday was uh-huh. to, to to fix this. It's just a really interesting. Well, the article I was reading was just really interesting about the nature of uh, malware these mm. days and. You know, and how sophisticated it's getting. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I'm and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, what does this really mean? I mean, I don't. Does anybody really know what the hell is even possible or <laughs> or anything? Well, every year there's a new group of miscreant fifteen-year-olds, right? So every year all the previous assumptions can get turned on their heads by some yeah. 15 year old and plus the older guys are still doing it mm. yeah so, so they're learning too you know yes they perfected their craft and they're just keeping on going well it's just a fascinating universe you know where when software well you know this whole thing about the next few decades on mm. this planet you know it's I mean, I mean, cell phones are trivial. The grid, the energy grid, the nuclear code. I mean, everything <laughs> is up for grabs. Certainly. Certainly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that, that was just something I was reading about. And then, um, and I was curious, have you, you, have you, you say you have never smoked weed or you did years ago and I have no interest in smoking it. it well, no, I, that doesn't... wasn't the question. The question was, have you ever done it? I'm not interested in smoking weed. That's what I said. Well, say. no, I'm not interested in that either. Mm. I, I'm in, I'm thinking, I mean, it definitely does have medical properties. Oh, without I, I mean, I'm really clear about that. Without question. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, uh, have you tried it for, mi- for these migraines? You know, I mean, everybody's chemistry is so different. The yes. fact that I'm immune to various things, you know. Yes. Uh, so uh, I would think that would be worth, uh, trying. So the migraines are interesting. I mean, the migraines in terms of the various perturbations that occur. And I think the, there are so many levels to this thing. And as I'm absolutely catatonically exhausted currently, my preparation was to come on and talk about a few well-defined topics. This one is a far broader topic, which I could probably spend many hours discussing and would have to dissect in a variety of different Well, I was just bringing it up. The difficulty, let me, let me give you an example here. So chem dog is a, I don't even know what one would call it. It's a type of cannabis that first became prevalent in 1991. And its origins were from a Grateful Dead concert, and it has basically <laughs> defined cannabis growing and what cannabis is. So prior to Chem Jog OG, there was skunk. Prior to skunk, there were a wide variety of other things like tie sticks and things like this. So most of the cannabis that is being produced currently is derived from this one very particular strain of cannabis. And what interests me here, actually, is, as we talked about many, many, many months, if not years ago, is associated with land race genetics, which is a different perspective. It's going back to 
literally single origin points of cannabis and tracing the genetics and working with the genetics and all this kind of stuff. So my perspective is that the cannabis that is sold currently is of a very particular, very well-selected by a small group of deadheads and has been marketed accordingly. This is not in any way the breadth of cannabis. And the things that interest me associated with cannabis specifically uh, relate to heavy dosage psychedelics in terms of a very particular kind of exploration. And the genetics of this are based on these land race strains. So Chemdog OG is wonderful for the dispensaries because you can get papaya flavored and blueberry flavored and all this kind of stuff. And that clearly is for one particular market. But what interests me here is the broader phylometer genetics associated with a plant that is very, very poorly medically understood. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. That's, but that's yeah. a completely different. That's not what I asked you about. I'm not I understand that. I'm completely cannabis. in agreement with you there. <laughs> okay. You know? My interest <laughs> is, my interest is, in exploring the genetic possibilities associated with this plant. Uh, see, I was assuming your interest would be in eliminating the migraines. The migraines are multi-component based. So, for example, when I went on vacation, the migraines <laughs> almost completely subsided. Interesting. And that tells you something very definitive. Sure as hell does, doesn't it? Cannabis <laughs> yes. in order to explain. Okay? Really, they just disappeared completely. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, had, that's a real hint. <laughs> I still had some of the visual glaucoma-like uh, effects, yeah, but not yeah. the migraine uh. parts. So I realized very clearly, in fact, this past week has been so much about doing things in order to try and work out how to get out of this migraine-inducing environment that I find myself in. Yeah, yeah. So my perspective is cannabis is fascinating. It's possibly something... But the nature of the migraines very much relate to circumstances which yeah. I should be able to control in a time frame. Now, the genetic stuff associated with this is not stuff that I'm taking on lightly. I've done a pretty broad and deep study. Uh, I've registered the domain name in terms of the genetic exploration and a wide variety of other things. That's no, that's topic. all good work. I agree yeah. with that. I think that's really important. And, and when and, that needs yeah. to manifest itself into something, it'll manifest itself into something. But it's yeah. not manifesting itself into anything. No, it's, it's basic research at this point. Well, it's slightly more than basic research, but it's actually very fascinating. And that's another podcast. Yeah, well, it's we a worthy scientific exactly. uh, endeavor for exactly. sure. <laughs> yeah, My no perspective is, and I've had correspondence with a few of our listeners associated with this, that the optimum way to consume cannabis is not to smoke it. It's to process it and take it in some oral form. And in that light, that might... Well, that all remains to mm -hmm. be seen. That's the research that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, actually, I'm getting very direct feedback from at least a listener associated with this being something that they feel they're very impassioned about as well. Yeah. So... It's a worthy field of research, absolutely. Yes. It really needs to be done. Yeah. But in terms of my ability to just breathe and things like that, I have very little interest in anything that is smoked. It just strikes yeah, me as... Yeah, I got it. Listen, I yeah. just... It was just a passing thought. Yeah. It was just... Now, a, that's all it was. Now, the migraines, <laughs> the migraines as a thing are... It appears to be 
directly correlatorily environmentally based. And the medicines yeah. that I'm taking currently for them are associated with tricking my body, for want of a better term, that I'm not in the circumstances that I'm in. Yeah. The yeah. simple answer to this is to change the circumstances that I'm in. Well, there's a whole, there's a whole world of possibilities yes, open. Yes, but the thing that has de <laughs> yeah. demonstrated itself to me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's pretty significant. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's a, that's a, a real... Of course, again, that, that that's just one more piece of data. That's... You know, I mean, that, that isn't the final answer on all this no, stuff. That's, that's just another pretty, piece of information. Pretty interesting piece of data there. Oh, it's a damned interesting one. I agree with you completely. And it's, certainly it's when I share it, when but I that share doesn't it with, mean there aren't other components. When I share it with medical professionals, yeah, the immediate response is, "Well, you know what to do," and I said, "Yes, I know what to yeah. do." Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm relatively. The concerns associated with the migraines are multi-layered because I already suffer from a variety of side effects of the medication that I'm currently taking. Oh, yeah. And, That's awful. Yeah. And I'm mindful also, certainly particularly with my current professional position, which might be some causal relation to any of this, but, you know, that I need to have certain abilities which I just have to have in the next few you know, years or what have you. And in the well, medium, no, that's your story. I mean, you don't need that, but you've decided that that's what you need. Well, my perspective is I have tried a multiplicity of solutions associated with a variety of factors. Yeah. And you're right, but it's a story that is very instrumental associated huh? with my ability it's your to story. a variety of things. <laughs> no. um, so, yeah, yeah with, with the data that I'm presented, yeah. um, I think it's pretty good summation of the circumstances and also the general i mean for example the reason that we haven't been able to record i mean last friday i was working until literally i dropped and then started working again saturday morning yeah um i mean my perspective is that this ability, you don't need to make excuses i understand i'm, I'm not I, making excuses yeah, i'm well, explaining to you yeah, that actually no, yeah. that actually yeah. you know I don't know how are, you survive that environment, frankly. Like I say, I couldn't. I, I well, I, that's why I left yeah. <laughs> because I, I, it would have killed me. Yeah. You know, I, I simply uh, am not built for that. You know. Um, yeah. However, um, one piece of information that I wanted to provide for you, which I think is very interesting and relates to the potential, at least for no blape in the near future, whether that's part of your. I'm, I'm not sure if you're still interested in your programmable I baby, baby you mean? things yes <laughs> yes the infant i would yeah. just call it infant right oh, because i like i baby i know now, just but, because it's so fucking trite it's yeah just, certain members of the audience find it particularly freaky but anyway so <laughs> really what else would you call it but i baby yes well infant <laughs> Right, infant has well, an eye in it. you know, I don't really. Anyway, uh, maybe you know, I'll have, I'll, you know, like American Indians, they get, they gave their, or some tribes gave people just sort of uh, initial names, and then the people chose their own name later mm. on. You mm. know, so uh, maybe we'll let iBaby come up with something. Mm. Yes, well, I guess my name would be protesteth too much with cats or something. Like that. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um. So anyway, returning to this idea, yeah. Motram. A name, a man that I have met, a man that I have a lot of faith in, his good work, is leaving Manchester, returning to northern Yorkshire, and may have some time to develop noble ape. 
mm-hmm. or some aspect of Noble Ape, which mm-hmm. he is yet to define. But certainly he's very interested in the stuff that I've been discussing both on and off this podcast in short funk and on this podcast associated with the problem of a programming language that enables demonstrable learning like a neural network programming language that's not based in neural network. What do you mean by a programming language? Uh, literally a written language that has some form that is humanly intelligible in some regard. Actually, it doesn't necessarily have to be humanly intelligible. Well, but I mean, a language, I mean, usually when I think of computer languages, they're, they're designed. Well, I'm not sure what they're designed for. Mm, That's an interesting philosophical problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah. What the hell is a computer program, you know? Bob Mottram is interested in exploring this space as well, but he's also interested in exploring it through a variety of different techniques. So my perspective is it would be absolutely wonderful if Bob could return to the Noble Ape development. I, I cannot be a disinterested party here. I clearly am interested in him returning to the Noble Ape development. He might find other things to do with his time, but if he would return to Noble Ape, I think it could certainly give some interesting aspects that you could then utilize for your particular stuff as well. Well, that, that's, you know, what I need is, is what people, I mean, I mean, this is really a huge project and, uh, hmm. requiring expertise in areas, that, none of which I, I have, <laughs> except for a certain narrow part of the language side of it. Hmm. You know, but but instantiating that into a program that runs on my computer mm. that is my eye baby. Mm. <laughs> well, for infants, it starts with learning the sounds. I mean, I mean that's already been fairly well established. I mean, the, well, before there even had this discussion yeah. last time we yeah, talked know, about yeah. this associated with. To say it is just anything with regards to an infant. Well, no, no, of course it's not. Here's thing, but this is going to yeah. end up oversimplified by Certainly. its very nature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so that is an interesting development. And although I obviously wish Bob the best and hope that he finds gainful employment and this kind of stuff, I really do look forward to him potentially, maybe working on Noble Ape and the. Sometime in the it's season. nice to have a collaborator. It is very nice to have a collaborator, and I will certainly furnish him with books and computers and various other things. As as well, I've furnished him with a computer, but books I've furnished him with. And yeah, I, it would be wonderful if Bob would return to developing that play. Yeah. So. Well, the, so the question that I have then is, I need to find several collaborators mm. in order to bring this thing into existence. So I'm trying to figure out just exactly. How many people in what areas do I need? Well, what's interesting is that Bob primarily writes for Linux, which is what he uses. The audio component in Noble Ape is platform independent because it's frequency and AIFF file based. And it's relatively easy to connect like audio in, audio out to either Linux or Mac. I'm not sure about the other operating systems. So you then have the need for someone who could do probably at most about 20 hours of work. Well, no, I, I'm not even concerned with that kind of... I, I, I'm just trying to figure out where the, what kind of people do I need? Well, ideally, you need someone who can program on some platform. And thankfully you have a certain body of work that I have contributed to. Now, Bob also has a neural network library. I mean, he has a number of libraries that could help you with this. 
Libraries for what? Well, they're programming libraries, so it's just like groups of computer code that does various ideas. No, I'm not. That's I'm not going to do that. You're not. No, you're in the people that you will have to find. This will reduce the number of people that you have to find. Right. Well, well, I don't know enough to even answer that question Mm. at this point. I mean, when I like when I took me almost four or five years to build just to build a fucking keyboard Mm. (laughs) okay from the idea when it first got sort of clear to the time i actually ended up with a keyboard it was almost five years Mm. and um and i'm looking at this and 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 realizing i didn't have a clue how to do that Mm. (laughs) you know i mean i never had any training and making prototypes and shit so it took me a long time to figure out who i needed and then to find them Mm -hmm. you know and then to raise the money to pay them Mm -hmm. and you know uh, anyway that if this eye baby thing really interests me Mm. (laughs) you know i mean i think I think there's something doable that hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I want to, I think I want to do it. I'm not sure. The thing is, but I don't even know how to get started. It was the same with back in the keyboard. You know, what, what are the parts? Obviously, sound is a, the ability to, to, to analyze sound and, mm. and, and detect patterns. What in I'm sound. saying is that within, with the software that both Bob and I have written, Mm-hmm. You have that in various, many different forms. What you need is a collaborator. Really, honestly, if it was done over a period of months, yeah, I could probably or years. This could take no, no. Years. But I'm just talking about preparing the software. I yeah. mean, really, it would take me probably a couple of weekends at most to get this stuff together to connect all the various backend pieces with the audio in and out. And probably far less than that, actually. Um, well, you're talking about just the mechanics of getting the sound in. What about the analysis of well, the, the okay. files? And let me say, again, yeah, in a different way, perhaps. Within Noble Ape, there are different ways that you could do this. Within Bob's independent software that he's written... There are different independent ways you could do this, or you could, it could do it. again to do what you're saying. An, that- uh, both analyze the audio and then create both pattern matching, pattern recognition. Pattern You've already got that. Yes. Okay. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, so it, you can uh, have a mic hooked up mm-hmm. <laughs> to this thing, or it can just access a YouTube <laughs> video and listen and well, anal- it, and record. What is it? Record the it sound and do- then? No, 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 no. It could do it through just AIFF files uh-huh. easily. That's the easiest way, where it would take AIFF files as input and output its own AIFF. What about real-time audio? could do it real-time as well. Okay, that, I mean, real that's really part, important part of this thing, real that I'd be able to talk to it. Is the two weekends worth, maybe even probably less than two okay, weekends Okay, so it's not a go. monumental task, no, though. not at all. Okay, well, that's very interesting. I, that In fact, sort of honestly, I think I'd probably in one way or another, have archived versions of software that did it. I did this professionally for a company called Digital Theatre Systems in 2006 in terms of real-time audio analysis and processing. And um, back then, I think the, I mean, maybe the Mac OS X input-output sound stuff for real-time is just the same, or it's at least comparable. Yeah. It's not a huge programming effort. Okay, it, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, okay. And this gives iBaby what as a result of, of well, this? It this, can 
the you can of- tune in to, to audio file to speak examples mm-hmm. of speech mm-hmm. and begin to detect. You know, I mean, again, we're not telling it to- what the phonemes are. We're allowing it to discern mm-hmm. what the phonemes mm-hmm. are. And yeah. then through feedback, positive and negative. Sure. Yeah. You can build upon that. Yeah. Well, how is that different than what a baby does? My purpose in this process <laughs> is to provide you the tool. <laughs> well, I'm just asking. No. So how isn't that just what a baby does? I'm not sure. This is the thing. I'm not sure. Whether with just these components, you'll be able to get that back. That's well, that may be a little. <laughs> this may be a little oversimplified. Still. It may be. It may be. Yeah. But it's usually something that appears oversimplified plus some other thing, and we have yet to yeah. determine what the other thing is. Well, you is. know, part of what I was realizing, I mean, is that it needs to have a body, and so obviously the computer becomes its body. And the sensors in the computer, uh, the temperature sensors and all that stuff, those can all be sensory data for for this being. So it has something to observe and complain about. Mm. I've talked you know, about the embodiment problem many times. I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah. Oh, yeah, the embodiment no, we've, problem yeah, here. But, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that, that sort of solves the problem. I mean, uh, the computer becomes its body. And, and then we could probably figure some attachments for it, <laughs> you know, some other things that we could add to it. But, I mean, would that work? I mean, is, is that a reasonable thing for... I mean, it seems it needs to be in an environment, right? I mean, it doesn't, it, it's got to be connected to the world somehow. Hmm. Well, its ability to get return, its ability to get feedback is yeah. putting it in the environment, right? Yeah. Well, that, that would take care of that. I'm thinking there has to be more than, there, more than just language. There has to be sensory data for the language to talk about. I mean, if it's just language, well, it has, well, again, language has to be about something in, in, in the body of, I mean, isn't that, well, I'm not sure. That's what sort of, I guess, one of the things to be experimented with mm. is that it has to have a body. Mm. Maybe it doesn't. I don't I know. I don't think what it do does. Think? I don't think it does. Really? I think, I think actually in an abstract form, just as you can get, you know, visual recognition for faces, although this is something that's distinctly different, but yeah. there's already existing bodies of AI work. That can converge on things, which oh yeah, I I I, uh, I got that. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand. I'm just trying to imagine. I mean, it seems to me the embodiment issue is real basic. Mm. You know, that, that if it's disembodied, well, the other thing that I pointed out when we talked about this last time was that babies have everything that babies do are for their own survival. Right? I mean, it's not. It may not be directly about their survival oh, I, as it appears, but they're Basically, testing. Well, they're responding and to the, their environment, exactly. like every other goddamn exactly. animal. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But again, the environment is an absolutely crucial part of it. Without what, what is the environment this thing is living in? If it doesn't have sensory data, well, it does. Well, uh, being what the temperature gauges and no, the, the it, camera it has, and the has, audio. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, yeah. Well, these are all, <laughs> these are the issues that are yeah. rolling around in my head right now. And like I say, I realize that I really, I can't really do anything by, by myself in this domain. No, need I, I need to find somebody yeah. to collaborate with. Yeah. Well, I'm putting out a call for anybody who uh, is inspired by this and wants to play this game and has some knowledge that I don't have that they can bring to bear on this. Mm. Yeah, you know, in a sense... What, what I'm, I'm running up against is realizing I can't really do 
any of this without a collaborator, without someone mm-hmm. who is equally committed, maybe not as many hours, but is committed to a certain amount of time mm-hmm. to bringing this thing into fruition because – because I don't, I just don't have enough technical knowledge in any area. Mm. <laughs> I mean, like I say, I've got, I bring a crucial part to this thing, but it's one of a half a dozen parts, maybe, or I don't, I don't know how many. But anyway, I, I can't move without, without uh, at least one of the other parts to begin to work on. Mm. So, so anyway, yeah, go ahead. I, I am at the point of almost catatonic exhaustion. So if I just collapse here and stone style and stop responding you'll know what's happened okay. um, i wanted to talk a little bit about the past week and so of living in san jose <laughs> okay so last week i was particularly exhausted but that was also because i was working late but it was mainly because a car had parked itself well actually the local tire yard had parked a car in front of our house that had an alarm going off for three days. And the city... I mean, 24 hours a day for three days? And the city refused to answer the phone, which is going to be a theme for this discussion. And so... I would think, uh, you know, disabling the battery on the car would be... uh, be Sledgehammer. Yeah, right, yeah. No, seriously, I mean, my... The thing is, Saturday morning... Well, you'd morning, have to break into the car, probably, to get under the hood. That means you need to break the glass. And Saturday morning, I went outside and nearly got into a punching fight with a neighbor who seemed to assert that the car was mine. I calmed the man down and explained to him, no, it wasn't mine, and that someone had parked it there and just left it there. And I showed him the note that I had left on the car, explaining that... Jesus uh, Yeah. And nothing for three days, and nobody. I mean, you couldn't get the city to respond. No. So <laughs> that is shocking. So at about at about eleven thirty Saturday morning, when the employees sheepishly came round, picked up the car, and moved it on. Unfortunately, he didn't get into fisticuffs with the neighbor or anything like that. He just moved. Surprised the, car the battery off. lasted that long. Uh, well, when I say it was going off continuously, it went off. It stopped for about. Five to ten minutes, and then it would start again. Uh, typically okay. for three to five minutes, and then it would stop again, and then it would start again, and then it would oh, stop okay, again, all right, but it was it okay. Again. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's okay. well, I, it might as well have been going continuously. Well, no, you're right. Every five minutes or ten, yeah. hell, it every hour, it would have made recording Stone Ape absolutely impossible as well. So even if I could record, I wouldn't have been able to. So anyway, that was that. Um, and I started to try and correspond with our local representative, who didn't correspond with me associated with why doesn't the city start why why can't we work with the city to deal with these kind of basic problems because they don't give a shit exactly (laughs) that's why and then (laughs) on saturday was it saturday evening i can't recall whether it was saturday or sunday evening (laughs) i think it was sunday evening perhaps oh and of course the police helicopters flying overhead it's just a complete satire Of every possible thing. But at least they're vigilant from uh, from 300 feet. Yeah, well, while I was working literally till I dropped on Friday night. So (laughs) Sunday came around, and I don't know why I was up. I was up, I I guess I couldn't sleep for some reason. And about 10.30 at night, I heard the screech of car tyres. And quite thankfully, I didn't actually hear the gunshots, but they emptied a full clip of an AK-47. You didn't hear the gunfire? Well, I don't think I did. I heard the the car accelerating out there after the fact. 
Oh, okay. But yeah. um, anyway, two brothers were killed. Uh, this is a block and a half from my house. It's comfortable, you know, less than probably a minute and a half walking distance. I mean, it's too easy. Yeah, to yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, that was uh, Sunday night. Monday morning, there was an additional shooting. And I thought this is just beyond ridiculous. <laughs> and as I'm a community leader, I thought, let me see if I can get a meeting with the mayor. Because, quite frankly, they're doing nothing. Yeah. And it's just insane. It's more than insane. And the It's level, America! The level of institutional <laughs> corruption. I mean, I've learned things about the police in the past week that are really very fascinating. The first thing is that the police, when they come to our neighbourhood, don't live in our neighbourhood. They live in the affluent areas. And what I thought initially is these people are just so corrupt. It's like Goodfellas, you know. They spent the money from the heist, and they live in the affluent areas, even though they're supposed to be making, you know, ninety to one hundred ten thousand a year. They're making, they're living in areas where my coworkers, which combined with their spouses, you know, make probably five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand. They're living in these areas, although apparently they're supposed to be making 90000 a year. <laughs> well, actually, I found out that their salaries are far higher because there's a public records database yeah. where you can put police officers' names in and gives them their gives you their salary. Oh. Now, I found out about this because... So how much do police officers... You're talking about police officers who drive around in cars? Uh, well, the sergeants... Or are you talking about detectives? Have, or? The sergeants that have met with us as the community... Yeah. Uh, earn between two hundred fifty and three hundred thirty thousand dollars a year. How many people like that are there on the San Jose Police Department that make that much money? I would say there are probably in the order of sixty or seventy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Woo! And the reason the reason I know this. <laughs> Now, let's take a few days, step back in time here. Oh, Tom, actually last Friday, working from home, went out to eat his, his pho, which I eat periodically, Vietnamese noodle soup, delicious stuff. And uh, walking home, I noticed a house in the neighborhood on the corner that was fortified. I haven't really noticed this house before because it's a relatively thin house. But while I was walking past it, I stopped and the occupants of the house exited from an automatic gate that opened and these people were driving i think a high-end mercedes and i thought these people look like high-end drug dealers hmm so we fast forward i think to tuesday and uh, there was a police operation called gang of thrones and operation gang of thrones yeah, I read about that. netted yeah. 38 people and an alligator Yes. And the alligator. And a cop, cop, yes. (laughs) And the alligator actually lived in the house that the drug dealers came out of. So when they collected the alligator, they put a little notice on the door saying that this had been a case of animal cruelty and they captured the alligator and photographed it. So Snappy, as I call him, Snappy the alligator, is, uh, you know, a neighborhood sensation now. And because he's being used as police evidence, I guess. Eventually, he'll have to be returned to the local zoo. There is a local zoo, and my hope is that's where he's going to go. But through Operation Gang of Thrones, a number of people in the community realised that the only way we're going to solve the problem in this community is with the federal government. Now, two, maybe three months ago, I met with my 
local council member representative in the park. Funnily enough, the park where the guy was beaten up with a gang with baseball bats. But that was the park that I met him in. And he said then that uh, they could get access to federal funds, but they weren't going to because this wasn't Detroit. No. Now, yeah. now we fast forward to the double shooting and uh, Snappy's capture in Gang of Thrones, and the city announced that they were going to call a state of emergency because uh, everything is just completely going to shit. <laughs> so, over this whole week, I have been trying to get a meeting with the mayor and a meeting with City Hall, and it turns out that I also today went to City Hall. Had a meeting not with the mayor, but the mayor's advisor and also the head of the gang prevention task force. Now, oh, that's probably far better. The mayor doesn't know shit. Exactly. Probably. No, the mayor's <laughs> just a wanker. And quite yeah. frankly, I'm here because of the mayor. The mayor put in a truck route on the street that I live in, and the former owners of this house spent five years fighting the truck route and then just decided to get the hell out. So that's why I'm here because the previous owners didn't want to live here anymore. So, <laughs> we fast forward to today, where Tom goes... That's not a good recommendation to ever buy anything. <laughs> no. Well, of course you find this out all after the fact, right? <laughs> I went into the mayor's office today. It's a beautiful office. It's got an amazing view. I posted the view on Facebook. It's high above the city, looking down like... Any, you know, any, Olympus, yes. Yeah, well, you know, any evil, you know, anti-hero is going to live high above the city so he can look down and laugh that's the night. Right, that's right, right. that's so right. It all plays itself together. Anyway, so I went there today and I met the head of the, uh, what is it called? It's called the, the Mayor's Gang Prevention Task Force. And here's where it gets really Mayor's interesting. Mayor's Gang, gang Prevention, prevention yeah. Task Force. So, Ooh, that sounds effective. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, I met this fellow and the mayor's representative today. Now, these are two of the, if you could imagine Santa Claus in a public official form, these two gentlemen are round-faced and jolly, very jovial, very easygoing, Really, genuinely. I think they have one of those in every city council. We got a Santa Claus down here too. Genuinely, like, well, there were two of them here. One was younger than the other, and uh, very, very polite and nice people. But when I put to them that uh, they need to come clean about the fact that the gang prevention task force is about telling kids to stay out of gangs, which is what (laughs) it is. That's exactly what it is. I found that out today. (laughs) This gang prevention task How do they go about telling them? You can't even believe this thing, Heron. There there are so many layers of bullshit on this thing. (laughs) And the terrible thing is, is that they're really charming men. You're in that company. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're fucking language monkeys, man. They're brain-damaged language monkeys. What the fuck do you expect? (laughs) Well, in parallel to this, my council member, who is absolutely useless, has not done a thing. He didn't help with me getting into the mayor's office. And he has a new assistant who's even worse than he is. Like, she's worse than useless. She actually does things that are combative and against us doing these things. So these people aside, this is what I'm used to with regards to the city. These two gentlemen are really nice gentlemen. And although I had a relatively harsh email interchange with them to actually get into the city and talk with them, when I sat down with them, I realized that these are like the, um, I don't know, like school guidance council-like people. I mean, these are who they are. But when you put to them that the city maintains, there are known gang houses in our area that the city maintains. 
The city doesn't try to get them out. That's called eradication, and the city isn't interested in eradication. What the city is interested in is gang prevention. But once people are actually in gangs, the city can't afford to prosecute them. So you've got to wait until they kill each other. I mean, that's the level of the mentality with these people. So having spent two hours, because it was an hour-long meeting, but no one could run meetings in these kind of environments, so it was a two-hour-long meeting, I left with 1,000 flyers that I'm supposed to stick up through the neighbourhood tomorrow saying, please join our council member, the Mayor's Gang Prevention Task Force and the San Jose Police Department to address the recent incidents of violence in the neighbourhood. Please come and voice your concerns. It goes on to say, together as a unified community, we will identify and build an effort to transform the community. Let's work to keep our community, children and families safe. Keep? (laughs) So this, unfortunately... My perspective was the public meeting, which is going to be held next Wednesday, yeah. was always just going to be a photo opportunity for the mayor and our local council member. Yeah, yeah it's just bullshit. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a photo stuff, one. You're right. Yeah. The stuff that I saw from the Gang Prevention Task Force was just absolutely mind-blowingly, <laughs> astonishingly scary. It's not just about language monkeys. It's about people who just have some kind of... I mean, I said to them... On a few occasions, I didn't want to outwardly satirise them. They were really nice gentlemen. But I certainly came there with a particular perspective, and I wanted to Mm. let them know perfectly clearly that we're not baking cupcakes and taking them around to the local gang houses because they're part of our community and we (laughs) feel good about them, which seems to be the way the city wants to deal with the situation. (laughs) I mean, this thing is beyond extraordinary, and it's beyond disturbing. And quite frankly, when you look at a means of curing my migraines, Dealing with this kind of bullshit by getting the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It will actually yeah. demonstrably that may do. Then, that may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that then may we can be talk about right cannabis yeah. potentially in the future. But yeah. let's just deal with the problems that are at hand. No, I agree. I, so, people, have you put your house on the market yet, or what? So here's here's what we are doing. Firstly, we are dramatically downscaling. Unfortunately, the cats are one object that we have to dramatically downscale if we want to move into an apartment. We've got to work on that. But we're dramatically downscaling. We're ramping up savings, which is particularly okay, so, boring, yeah, but we're doing yeah. all the things. My perspective is, without me in this community, a few things wouldn't have happened this week. No, you, you made some. You did, and, you did what you did, man. And, you had your effect. And I don't have to deal with this. Oh. Like, it's not my problem, right? No, well, it is if you want it. If you choose it, it's your problem. (laughs) I'm experiencing this in order to maximize my trajectory here. And my perspective is the more that I see, the more surreal it is, the more that I'm providing humor for participants, audience members, etc. But to think for one minute that I envisage staying here longer than absolutely fathomable. Well, so do you have a, a date? In mind. So I mean, my wife and I have set the mark for two years. If we oh, sell two our, years? If we oh. sell our house in Las Vegas, which we may do, this could come a lot faster. If one of our cats dies, it will come moderately faster. If two <laughs> well, of that our can cats be arranged, dies, you know. it will become considerably <laughs> faster. And yeah. what we're doing in terms of downscaling is very dramatic, but actually designed firstly. So worst comes to worst, if we have to show the house and we're still here, we'll do that. But no, the mentality of this community is uh, not only suicidal, it's yeah. 
governed yeah, it, by. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what you can get for it. It's governed <laughs> by individuals who are really, um, some of them are maniacally evil, but some of them are actually genuinely well-meaning. The problem is they're stupid. They, <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> And actually, I looked up these gentlemen's salaries prior to meeting with them, which is a horrible thing to do. It dehumanizes them fundamentally. But realistically, I think the city is getting what it's paying for here. And I just want to get as far away from this thing as physically possible. It's I, just- I'm surprised when you say two years. I, I was expecting you to say, like, two months. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> it's, well, look, if we were to move somewhere... And completely, you know, write off, just take this house thing as a loss and this kind of stuff. Yeah. We would get out far faster. Yeah. I'm trying to do this in such a way that we don't end up, you know, in a very negative situation. My main concern, however, is the violence literally circles us. The shootings occur on opposite blocks, but coming towards us. Yeah. Yeah. The circumstances of violence and... Also, as... Can you rent it? I mean, could well, you move and, and rent it to somebody? That's the other option. It's very close to a local university. We could easily cut it up and rent well, it. Well, then, shit, get the fuck out of there. Rent yeah. it and, and put it up for sale and let's, then take your time. Let's work through this thing. But, yes, it could happen a lot faster through a variety of yeah. circumstances. Um, our house in Las Vegas is currently tenanted. It may not be tenanted for long. But when it is no longer tenanted, then we will move very swiftly on that as well. I think, Karen, what we've seen within the past week has been an escalation. And having met with the people in the city now, I really understand that this not only is systemic, yeah. but it's, so this is an interesting thing. Talking with the neighbours and talking with other people, even some of our listeners have contacted me, and said, why don't you get the federal government involved with this? In fact, I actually put it to these people today <laughs> that people are saying in the community, if the FBI can get rid of one corrupt cop and 38 gang members, maybe we should have the FBI coming in and working on a few of these other gang houses and some of these other problems. Yeah. Because the FBI actually did something here. Yeah, FBI might be... Uh, mm. Yeah, that, that's mm. that's... Yeah, but that's as far as I'm concerned. See, that would be their problem. <laughs> well, this is the problem: is that it, nothing. The, the nature of the student counselor is that everything's okay. They're doing what they're doing. Well, fine, that's Don't fine. I'll, I'm I'm yeah. leaving. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah no, that's you just play the banjo music and get out. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. So this week has been very interesting Ow. in that light, Ow. and Ow. to see it demonstrably. Um, is astonishing, but also exhausting. And the council member and his aides and all this kind of stuff, they couldn't be worse. They couldn't actually be worse. If they'd not <laughs> communicated, they would have been more helpful than the way they communicated and what they didn't do. Yeah. And, the, the, of course, the aide sends an email just as we're about to go into the meeting saying, well, I'm sorry I can't meet this, make this meeting, but it's wonderful that you've been able to organise this, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, honestly, there was another community member, another community leader that attended the meeting with me, and she thought it was a very productive and insightful meeting. And, actually, she got angry with these people as well. So, I'm going to be handing out flies. Well, see, I gave up on humanity many, many years ago. So, you 
You I can't get too much sympathy from me. <laughs> I'm not interested in sympathy. My view is that uh, this whole thing is beyond surreal, but it is actually a parody of what happens in particular areas. California is a good example well, it's of It's a this. foresight of what's coming. Yeah. I mean, things are getting weirder faster. Mm. And that process has been continuing for thousands of years, but it's really peaking now. Mm. <laughs> you know? Robert, Robert Anton Wilson, Terence McKenna, these are the foremost scholars associated with this phenomenon. Uh, no, it comes from catastrophe theory, comes from all sorts of places in well, physics. Well, that's where they get it from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, right? whatever. Anyway, yeah. it, it's, um, it's quite clear that it's not, I mean, people, the word normal just isn't applicable anymore. Mm. You know, it's not ever going to be normal. Well, it will once we get, I think my sense is, once we get past this, whatever it is we're going through, that it will stabilize. But but between now and then, what we're going to see is accelerating weirdness. My highlight of the meeting in the mayor's office was the mayor's advisor talking about Pokemon Go. The Pokemon (laughs) Go actually was a crime facilitator because it had lures within the game. And he explained this to me in great detail, because he's explained this to his 10-year-old son. That a it, lure has what? Is it has lures. potential? Yes, because it has lures built into the game. So people can place lures in physical space, which is why the bad guys are placing lures oh, in I dark see. alleyways. Oh, I, and and yeah, in an alley somewhere exactly. behind the market. Yeah. <laughs> And Joe, Pokemon Go player. Well, that is something that probably someone should be, you know, if they're so stupid to fall for that, then, you know, yeah, there ought to be some warnings. That could be a problem. Mm. I mean, for stupid people, it would, you know. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I, think one, I just don't get – is that still a raging thing or is that burned out already? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it was in the context of the Bat Gang. The Bat Gang is a group of four or five gentlemen with baseball bats that jump out of a car and beat up standard walkers, usually men, always men. In fact. I mean, and what is this? This I, I've not heard of this before. So in our area, there is a gang of – Four or five men. Oh, okay. In a van. Oh, and they're no now. They've yes, been busy. They've, they've <laughs> hospitalized eight people in our neighborhood. And ha- really, over what period of time? Three weeks. Three weeks, eight people. Yeah. Holy shit! And this is all how close to your house? Uh, the park that I can see through my window across the. Street. Well, they always do it at the, the park. Corner. No, they don't. Thankfully, um, they did it initially at the park, and then they just do it on street corners and wherever stuff. they find. The some. last time they did it Tuesday morning, ten a.m. on a busy street. It's so they pulled up, yeah, jumped out of a car, beat a guy up. Designate. I mean, the do they? Do these people have these victims have something in common? They tend. Well, you see, here's where it gets interesting. The local media isn't covering it. The police aren't covering it. The way we get this information are through random neighbors that will post on this next door website associated with either them observing this occurring or them knowing someone who has been beaten up. There's no, I've approached the local newspaper through the week and said, why aren't you covering this? And I gave them two locations, two times and, you know, beatings. Yeah. And said, why isn't this being covered? This yeah. is a oh, gang. There's nothing in the San Jose nope. whatever Mercury about news. this. No, nope. no. Nope. I emailed them to say, start writing about it. Yeah. Because after you hospitalize eight people. Yeah, that's outrageous. 
And talking to the well, clearly, this is being suppressed. This isn't the kind of thing that just gets overlooked. Oh, my perspective is actually it's very difficult to get. I told you we don't have a plotter, so there's no way of actually finding out about. Yeah, crime well, I mean, the police department does, but they don't publish it. <laughs> well, I mean, the the Gang of Thrones policeman is charged with five offences associated with using police information. Yeah. So they must he must be able to get to it somehow in order to get those five charges. But yeah, the the lawlessness in this area is is yeah. just unchartable. Yeah. Shocking, yeah. Yeah. And it's not going to get better. I, honestly, I don't see any s- scenario in yeah. which uh, it's actually going to get better. Yeah. So the issue then becomes, well, what the fuck am I going to do now? <laughs> mm. But this is what concerns me associated with delivering these leaflets tomorrow. In fact, I've appealed to people in the community to come out and say hello and at least keep me in visual check. Because if I'm walking around the neighborhood for three, four hours delivering leaflets, that looks like the Bat Gang's, you know, prime MO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to keep my cell phones on me and just, you know, vi- face. Ah, uh, yeah, that's do right. You don't, you don't want to get singled out as no. a, a troublemaker. <laughs> no. Actually, see, I wouldn't even be playing this game at all. Yeah. I would be maintaining a very low profile and looking for a way to scram the fuck out of there. Mm. <laughs> that, that's how I would approach this yeah. whole thing. I'm yeah. a coward all the way through. Yeah, it's actually very interesting. My wife has said <laughs> that through this period, particularly the veracity that I've tried to get a meeting at the mayor's office this week, she thinks that I have some psychotic urge in this way, that there's just something psychotic about me, kind of dead-eye phenomena, where I'm just like, I'm a community Well, it's just you're stuck to- in a story. Well, it's interesting, actually, because my perspective is that these organizations are so not catered they're so poorly designed in terms of actually reacting in oh, a, yeah, yeah you know so well the whole like I say the system is collapsing mm. I, I don't see any I, I don't i mean that seems so simple i i don't get that that isn't clear oh, the I'm, whole it, fucking system is coming apart i'm seeing it yeah and, and, I, and I give evidence, testified. I mean, yeah, this is the purpose yeah. of this discussion. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's significant, though. Is that it, thirty? When I was a kid, you know, boy, I mean, the world has changed mm. <laughs> since then. You know, the the illusion of of reality, mm. you know, was pretty strong fifty years ago. Yes, but it's practically gone now. Yeah. You know, it, it's uh, nobody knows shit anymore. You can't count on anything. You don't know what the fuck is going on, you know, and that's for the ones who are paying attention. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So that's been my week, Heron, and I'm ready to curl up into a ball and just disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's your choice. <laughs> you know, well, my perspective is my perspective is. <laughs> yeah, if, if my if my role is as a narrator of curious things to come into the middle of a gang war in a town that has no policing <laughs> there were so many surreal moments today though heron i mean for example yeah. i pointed out to them that i work in a different city it's a very affluent city but a different city and in getting to that city i pass many san jose police officers but they are only ever in the affluent areas they don't come to these areas. They don't live here. They don't patrol here. The head of the gang task force tried to say to me, 
that actually our area was getting more police. But by the time the mayor's guy came in, and I repeated that, the mayor's guy looked at me and said, who told you that? With a look of disgust on his face. And I kind of nudged and pointed towards the gang task force guy. And the mayor's guy said, that's not the case. There aren't police in your area. I said, that's our observation as well. What it shows is actually that we were told a whole bunch of misinformation. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah, like you say, exactly. <laughs> you know, if you choose to play this game. My then, perspective uh, yeah. is actually that the, the Stone Ape listeners here, I've had a number of requests associated with just describing what has gone on in the past oh, yeah. week or so. And that is my opportunity to do yeah. it this evening. No, it's fascinating. Like I say, it, it, it's a... Well, it just shows you what a chicken, I guess, I am. Mm. <laughs> because well, years and years think, ago. I, I think about this because I also, I've had a kind of chest infection through the week as well. My wife's currently not particularly well. The reason I can curl up here and, and disappear is because I'm in the spare bedroom and I'm going to sleep in here tonight because my wife's not well. But I reflect on your, I mean, every time we talk about this, you always say, well, I'm remarkably he- healthy. You don't really interact with a lot of people in your life. I mean, you go into the newspaper, I guess. They no, no, I'm a hermit. But yeah, when you actually go out there and meet the language monkeys face to face, that's when you get exposed to their obnoxious diseases and stuff as well. So uh, that's, uh, you know, I hadn't thought yeah. about that. You're right. You're right. Exactly. So I'm certainly feeling a bit of that currently as well. Oh, you know, I had never considered. Well, that'll be interesting because uh, my sense is, well, I may not have to do it publicly, you know. Still, mm. I'm still holding out to do everything online. So. Mm. Yeah, but still, that is well. But that's a whole different thing. I mean, it's a controlled environment. When I'm dealing, I'm usually when I'm dealing with uh, you know other unknown language monkeys is usually pretty much under my mm, conditions. Otherwise, Refill- I wouldn't put myself in that position yes refill your wine glass i've got one final topic and then i'm gonna have to call it a night <laughs> okay so. hang on have i ever told you how much i really like these wine glasses yeah it's a topic that you occasionally <laughs> it's been mentioned. a while i think yes saturday after i'd finished doing my work from friday and finished the saturday related stuff my wife and i agreed that we had to get the fuck out of the neighborhood and we'd both been subject to the alarm ongoing from the car. Oh, yeah, that's a good reason to get And out of we there. went to Menlo, was it Menlo Park or Palo Alto? I think it might have been Palo Alto. And we went to a second, well, I went to a second hand bookstore. My wife went to a spice shop that she likes in the area. And I went to a second hand bookstore. And I fortuitously found a book called Behind Enemy Lines World War II Allied and Axis Propaganda. And oh. it is a collection of leaflets that I guess were dropped on Allied and Axis soldiers. And they are absolutely fascinating. I bet. Are you going to be posting some of them? Uh, I actually could. Your, I could take photographs yeah. and scan them, and I could do a variety of yeah, things. Yeah, you could, you could uh, put some of them up, the, the, some of the more interesting ones. That would be... Well, here's where it gets very interesting. The German ones, which are obviously written in English for the Allies, are absolutely fascinating. So The one ones thing, aimed at the Allies. Yeah the, yeah. the one thing that I didn't mention is the ongoing presence of death and destruction, and also... The fact that folks in the UK, particularly working folks who are fighting in the Second World War, live in appalling conditions compared to their German equivalents. That's an interesting one. But the thing that really fascinated me was the German propagandists' use of nudity. A lot of the things have naked women in them, because I think they (laughs) realise that soldiers on the front lines 
are probably going to keep photos of naked ah, women. Ah, ah, ah. And That's the theme... Brilliant of, marketing. That's right. The they theme, can ignore the t- text. Exactly. Yeah. The theme of these cards <laughs> is that the GI's women folk, either the Brits or in some cases the Americans that are actually fighting, the women folk that they've left behind are sleeping with other men. <laughs> and this is done in every possible Ooh. way, in a variety of different cards, a variety of different things. <laughs> the other thing that they use, which is fascinating, is how well the Germans treat their prisoners of war. And they have photos of American GIs that have been captured eating big bowls of ice cream with buxom <laughs> nurses and all this kind of stuff. Like, surrendering is really the better option than yeah, continuing hell to yes, fight the man, Germans. Ciao. Exactly. <laughs> And this struck me as just absolutely <laughs> fascinating propaganda. And, and was any of this effective? Well, this is where it gets really very interesting. Because, I mean, ultimately, it's designed to really sap morale. And it's... I have no primary acts. I mean, this is... I've been scanning my grandfather's World War II photos. This is the closest thing to primary access I've ever really had to the Second World War. And the thing about my grandfather's photos was that he had to pose every shot there's a puppy in a couple of photos and it moves so quickly that it looks like it has two heads so it makes me realize that every photograph took a so much posing and organizing and it was a real ordeal yeah Yeah, this is no iphone photo yeah so that is the closest thing and i've obviously i've read countless history texts and countless first accounts and all this kind of stuff documentaries and all the usual kind of stuff but it's still so an example that i haven't slightly more recent times is there was a battle and unfortunately because my mind is completely shot i can't think of the name of the battle that australian service people were involved with that happened uh, 50 years ago i think on the 18th of august and when you go back and hear their accounts of it there's a section so basically they were fighting the uh, Viet Cong and actually the nva the army uh for a day then they retreated, and then they went back afterwards. And their account afterwards, it was a heavily shelled battle as well. Their account afterwards is finding two Australians that were still alive. No one talks about at all the possibility that they also could have found some Vietnamese that were still alive through this period. But it's clear that that is a very definite possibility that just isn't talked about. And of course, yeah, they went yeah. in with well, other personnel carriers I mean, and things like that. You know. yeah. So my perspective is, if that kind of stuff can't be talked about in public associated with war, the likelihood of nudie women <laughs> cards telling soldiers that they should, you know, get back home and this kind of stuff. I mean, this is why it's really fascinating to me, because of course this stuff would have been used, but it's not the kind of stuff that is would really be talked about in, like, returning GIs. I mean, obviously there are collectors of these cards, and they're relatively rare, even though they were mass-printed. But the actual discussion associated with, like, oh, yeah, I was in, you know, I was in, you know, some village and, you know, all these flyers rained down and I put them in my backpack because they were naked women and, you know. I mean, there's none of discussion associated with that. So, as a, like, a footnote to history, just as a little piece of information that I just found this book really tantalizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and those guys are, I mean, there may be two or three of them still alive, but yeah. not many. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fascinating thing with my grandfather's photos is the military, I mean, there are a couple of photographs of, like, um, 
I guess, a, not a mess hall, but a, a set of, obviously, where they slept. And you see the Enfield rifles stacked up along the side. There's maybe one or two circumstances where you see rifles. This is out of about 400 photos. Yeah. But it looks mainly like a road trip that my grandfather took. I mean, you, he has one photograph of Spitfires. There's one photograph of a burnt-out tank on the horizon. Now, this could have all been the war censorship. Like, you cannot take photographs of these things. But I, I own and obviously military history textbooks are full of photographs of yeah, yeah. war. So, yeah. for whatever reason, my grandfather chose not to memorialise that in his photographs. So, it just looks like a road trip that he took. He, he was a truck driver. Um, you might have seen, I think you liked the photo of him on his truck. Yeah. That I read. Uh, and uh, it's just a fascinating journey through North Africa and Italy you know, through Italian villages yeah, making his way yeah. up to, to Rome. Yeah. And uh, they sold him postcards as he travelled along. I mean, postcard sellers, irrespective of war, are out to make a buck, you know, whoever's coming through. And it was just a really fascinating account of the period of time that, you know, my grandfather had in his life. It's, you know, the whole spread of history is just mm. so astonishing. Mm. And to see where it is now. I mean, yes. I mean... That I mean, it's un. I think if you were to transport someone from 1940 to uh, mm. to today, they'd probably die of a heart attack. I mm. mean, if they were a trained, you know, political analyst or anything, <laughs> or just, anything. you know, any kind of aware human. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's just stunning. Yeah, it's it's something that strikes me frequently that when you read accounts that are written by people even, you know, at the turn of the last century, they are a different kind of thing. They're not a human by any modern... And ultimately, I mean, this is where it gets fascinating associated with, you know, third world poverty and these kind of concepts as well, that there are people through poverty that don't have access to what we would call, you know, the necessities of modernity. Yeah. But, yeah, history... And just well, the idea, idea of human yeah. is just an, an idea. Yeah. You know, I mean, and who who gets included uh, depends on who you're talking to and mm. what criteria they're using. Yes. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's a scary proposition in itself to, to a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Because it, it means, you mean, <laughs> it's up to you to decide what's human and what's not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's what the Nazis did <laughs> you know? well I, uh, my view is actually that's a pretty active philosophical movement in our own contemporary culture as well I mean, which, which one is that the well the nature that these places and people that are being bombed are not human i mean that's basically a military concept right i i, I don't know how, yeah I, I i don't know i don't know how they talk about it or think about it themselves that uh yeah i i just i I don't know i don't know yeah well i mean they don't like to acknowledge that there are women and children in these environments that are being constantly bombed well but everybody sort of knows there are well i don't know what does does anybody even give a shit that's where it gets even more interesting because as long as you know as long as i got a good tv and a car that works pretty good every other yeah, what the fuck do I care <laughs> about a bunch of fucking Arabs? <laughs> Welcome to humanity. Yeah, is it? it yeah. 
well, we got a lot of work ahead of us here. <laughs> Amen. But for me tonight, I think I have nothing but sleep ahead of me, Aaron. And I'm looking very forward to it because I have to get up in the morning. And firstly, I'm going to what is called an RLEI meeting, which is where the residents, this is the legal means that the residents can get together and condemn local businesses that act in an untowards fashion in our community. Unfortunately, we can't and what do does it. that mean? It means that you file vast quantities of paperwork with the city over many years, and then the city might sanction these businesses in some way. Or, or they might not. They depending on so how well-connected the guy is to the no, city. the whole thing is just insane. Anyway, I'm so going why to... why bother? Why get well, involved with shit like that? My perspective is that I am providing material for you and our listeners. <laughs> well, that's that's a good way to look at it. Mm. Yeah, you're right. That's mm. that's certainly stunning and amazing to me. Mm. You know? Yeah. Mm. Okay, I'll accept that. Thank mm. you. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to listen to on a Friday night? So. <sighs> you're right. Well, I'd find something, I suppose. <laughs> mm. I wanted to give one Heronstone-esque film recommendation. Uh-oh. And this is rather, rather curious because I didn't actually... I didn't... Look, actually, this, I can't recommend this film, but I found it fascinating. Mm. And I found it an interesting example of someone who was trying to create radical 1970s cinema. Mm-hmm. What movie is this? High Rise. Hmm. Okay. Who's and it? Yeah. Is, is it a new movie or... It's a relative? British movie. It's what? It's a British movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found it almost unwatchable. <laughs> well, that's a good uh, recommendation, yeah. But I think um, I, well, the alternative was Lobster, which I know you've watched, or High Rise, and I yeah. thought... What did you I, think of Lobster? I haven't watched it yet. Oh, this okay. was the alternative, yeah. so I yeah. watched High Rise. Um, at some stage, I will watch Lobster. I'm still... Yeah. My, my spiritual advisor and I are still trying to work out how we can get to Sausage Party. I'm not sure if you've gotten Sausage Party. No, I haven't. I have yeah. not much interest in seeing that. So. Well, apparently, apparently, it's a movie worth seeing. <laughs> well, for some people, I'm sure it is. Yeah. You know, well, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I mean, I've, I've heard of it, and, and I suppose when it, I mean, within a week or two or whenever yeah. it'll show when it up, goes online. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. given the given the joyous experiences that I've had with my Allied and Axis propaganda book through the week. My perspective is everything is ethereal in this way. And let us get our joy from wherever we can before the Kalashnikov bullets come through the wall. <laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 you know, this past week, I mean, in looking at this whole political season, you know, I mean, I, it's really come home is that, you know, things really are getting weirder faster. And it's not, there's no sign at all of it, of it not, not continuing to accelerate. Hmm. You know, and and today and yesterday, this has really been resting heavily on me. I've been thinking, you know, sh maybe it, you know, I've been talking about this shit for a long time. Oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, uh, you know, but maybe, maybe, you know, that it's time to start paying real careful attention. You know, because the whole fucking thing could collapse at hmm. at some point. It's fascinating, actually, that you are so optimistic. <laughs> really so well, see that's interesting yeah because of course most people think i'm you know apocalypse now yeah. no i'm i'm far more apocalypse now than you are Aaron. 
Yeah. Just well, in reality. But, yeah. I mean, well, forget. yeah. Well, yeah. You're, yeah. I, I live in Eden. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's that's important. I, I, what's important is what most people are. I mean, most people have been living with their head up their ass. Mm. But that's becoming more and more difficult for more and more people, I think. Mm. And that and again, that's scary because, you know, when when they start rethinking shit, who knows what they're going to come up with? <laughs> mm. Well, they're already rethinking shit, right? Well, yeah, well, yeah, it is. That, that's the thing is, is that's what's going on right now. But it, you know, well, again, this uh, Trump thing is, well, the whole thing, you know, is just, is just insane. I mean, by any standards in my lifetime in politics, this is the weirdest fucking season I've ever seen. And I don't expect it's going to get better next time. No. Well, it might be an attempt to get better, but that would be even more outrageous. It could be so humdrum, mm. <laughs> you know, just to get over this bullshit, you know. They may actually not have any debates, too, which would be very curious. <sighs> well, it's just the whole thing is just so fucking bizarre, yeah. you know. It's just, uh, and, and like I say, I don't think it's going to get normal again. I think we're past normal yeah. now. You know, and, and like I say, if this, if, if we're at that point right now, then this is accelerating really fast. And like I say, I've been saying that for a long time, but now I'm beginning to think, well, shit, you know, <laughs> now maybe it's time to start doing something, but I don't know what the fuck to do. Mm. Well, How do you observe. prepare for this? Observe. Well, yeah, I guess that's the best you can do is, yeah, try to pay attention. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, I guess that that's a good place to end. Pay, try paying attention, folks. Amen. And hopefully, maybe we might be able to record next week. You never can tell. Right. You take care, Heron. Talk to you soon. Good night.